You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. It is Tuesday, yeah, September 11th. And before we get going on Buckeye stuff, we just want to throw out there, hashtag never forget. Absolutely, Obviously man. a uh, very important day in our country's history. So I just want to say thank you to everyone, all the first responders, everyone that, you know, helped out in that situation because it was obviously a very tragic day. And I uh, want to send all our condolences to the to the families that lost people. So just wanted to, uh, before we get going on that, show some love to our country and just never forget. And to me, it's all about love, not hate. So let's get more of it going. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, you know, this was, um, when you go back to 9-11, 2001, it was, um, and I, I don't know, you know how you feel about it, but it, it's the first time in my life that I remember when and where I was when a news event happened. Of course. You know, this was my first time. Uh, it would I would have been nine years old. Uh, I, th- I believe I was in the third grade yep. when this happened, and um, you know it's, it was really wild because I I just I can remember my teacher's look and expression because sure. she knows what's happening. You sure. know they they're in the break room I'm sure before school gets started, and I just remember her sitting us all down and telling us she's like you know something has happened in our country, go home yeah. and flip on cartoons like don't turn on any right. news channels. I'm sure your parents will fill it in. And I just remember, uh, and I grew up in Dayton, uh, which is about you know, an hour away from Columbus to the Southwest. And there's a big military base there, right? Patterson air force base. And I remember that night it was really wild because there was jets flying all around, sure. you know, the Dayton area yep. and they were breaking the sound barriers and there were sonic booms going on. And it yeah. was really, it was one of the most you know intense things that has ever happened to me. And it was my first time ever remembering when and where I was at when a certain thing happened, but absolutely what you said, Maddie. I mean, I know I, I can't even imagine how tough it is, uh, today, for people who lost their families, right. lost their loved ones in this event, uh, the first responders who got there and saved people's lives on that day. But it really is. It's such every year it comes around and you're reminded about that one day yep. uh, in American history that changed the course of our country for forever. So, yeah, thank you to everyone, you know, first responders and everything. But uh, it was just a really, really wild time. For man. sure. I, <clears throat> you mentioned you were in third grade. I was in fifth grade at the time. I remember being in Mrs. Moore's classroom. I remember a principal coming over the speakers and saying we're going to send everyone home. It was a tragic event that yep. happened in New York. And at the time, I didn't necessarily know what the World Trade Center was. I didn't know anything about yeah, the me buildings. Either. Um, but I knew it was a very real moment because of what you said, how serious Mrs. Moore was taken. And at the time, all the parents came in to get all the kids, all the buses lined up and everyone went home. It's something I'll never forget. And obviously now um, it's something that we look back on as a very, very sad time for our country. So hopefully moving forward, we don't have to deal with this th- these things ever again. And for me, like I said, it's all about love, not hate. We need Absolutely more. It we is, need man. more of that in our country as we sit here today. All right, now it's time to get to what you guys came here for, and that is a lot of Buckeye talk. So what we're going to do today, Ryan Day, Greg Schiano, both had a press conference yesterday. So we're going to play clips in the first segment from Ryan Day, talk about the offense, react to what he said in the second block. We will do Greg Schiano, react to what he had to say about his defense. And in the last segment, we'll kind of look at the schedule and point out a game or two that we think is going to be really big for the Buckeyes. So the first clip here from Ryan Day about how Dwayne Haskins has freedom to call audibles at the line. 
he knows. I mean, whether it's in, in the run game, you know, he has the ability to make a check, or in the pass game, he can, he can change the protection and, and slide it one way or the other. Uh, so he's got a good handle on that. Sometimes when we're playing fast, um, you know, he's got to make a decision where the ball goes. Sometimes it's to the running back. Sometimes he has to run it. Sometimes it gets thrown to the receivers. So whether it's before the snap or after the snap, he has to make decisions. Yeah. Beam, I think this is really big right here because they're putting a lot on the young quarterback. Yeah early and and that tells me that they are very comfortable with his mindset him being able to calm his nerves and handle the moment because a lot of times let's face it a lot of coaches aren't going to trust a first-year quarterback now look he did play a couple games last year but this is a guy that really hasn't had all this responsibility put on his shoulders and now to see these guys really really putting it on him I really like that so to hear that from coach day yesterday that Dwayne Hastings has the freedom to go to the line, make checks. When they go up-tempo, it's kind of all him. That is very encouraging because it's not he's looking to the sideline and looking at the posters of them putting up you know, signs of Michael Jordan right. or Mustard or whatever the heck these college teams do. It is a really good feeling for me to know that Dwayne Haskins is not being coddled right now throughout two games of the season. Yeah, and I think when you enter Dwayne Haskins into this offense, that's what you want to see. You want to see a quarterback – that is able to make decisions on the fly because obviously the trust level is there. Yeah. You know, you heard from Ryan Day right there. The trust level is there. And when you see a coaching staff that know that the talent isn't there, or the talent is there, excuse me, but maybe the mindset isn't the winning mindset and mentality that it takes to be a starting quarterback in big time division one college football. You know, it's amazing to me how Dwayne Haskins has that comfortability just through two weeks of the season. The fact that Ryan Day is sitting up there and saying, listen, it's all on Dwayne, pre-snap, during the play, whether yes. he's going to hand it off to Mike Weber, J.K. Dobbins, whatever, if he needs to tuck it and run, where he's going to throw to throw audibles at the line, that tells me that this coaching staff has supreme confidence in number seven. Yeah. And especially when you go in, Matty, when you go into TCU this week, when you go down and you pull up at AT&T Stadium down at Arlington, the fact that you can sit there mentally – and have your mind at ease yes. saying, all right, well, this isn't all on the coaches. If Dwayne Haskins sees a one-on-one single coverage He's with the safety low, and he sees Paris Campbell, Johnny Dixon, Terry McLaurin, yes. one-on-one down the sideline, you know, you know exactly is. what he is. And so the, the fact that he has the ability and that kind of rapport with Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson to be able to call checks at the line, I yeah. think it's huge because yeah. absolutely you need to have a quarterback who is confident running the offense, and when he sees a mismatch, when he sees a check that he needs to go into – let him do it. And the yeah. fact that they're letting him is fantastic. It is phenomenal. And I, I think I, I'm not worried about at all with Dwayne and him being in Jerry's world this year, uh, this weekend. I'm sorry. It's going to be rocking, no doubt about it. Obviously, this is kind of like a de facto home game for TCU, but I expect Buckeye Nation <sighs> yeah, to show up. They're going to be down what they there. Do. That's what they do. And look, I think he kind of got the big nerve thing out of the way last year at the Michigan game. I mean, when you come into that situation, sure. the historical impact of what you're going to do or not do on the field that day. A and team who to, still had a chance to make it to the college football playoff. Absolutely. That and he did not have to hold on to a lead. He had to make, come back and win the game right. for the Buckeyes last year. I'm not worried about him. So that's encouraging right there. Here's Ryan Day talking about what he liked from Tate Martell in the game against Rutgers. Throwing a ball, I thought he was he was accurate. I mean, 10 for 10. Um you know, uh, missed that one throw that got called back on holding. But other than that, he was accurate with the ball, made good decisions, uh, didn't put the ball in harm's way. Um, you know, could do a better job with ball security. But other than that, um, you know, ran the, ran the offense well, managed the offense. We got down in the red zone. The route was not there. Instead of uh, forcing the throw, um, you know, he kind of scrambles, and, and we get a field goal out of it. That's managing the game, and that's important to do. Um, can't force the action, um, and he didn't do that. Thought that was good, and then and then obviously coming back from taking that shot showed a lot of heart. 
I love the not forcing the action part yeah. of that clip because this is a very young guy. And in the same way with Dwayne Haskins, it's so easy for young quarterbacks to get caught up and make bad mistakes. And a guy like Tate, it's easy for him to bail when he doesn't see something that he, that he likes and use his legs. And we didn't see a lot of that. I mean, he was climbing the pocket. That sure. play, we talked about it yesterday with Terry McLaurin. I mean, that is really good stuff because, look, from Baker Mayfield coming out of college, it was all about can he stay in the pocket and make throws. This is the big thing with Tate Martell with me is I know he can run all over people. That's not going to be the problem. Yeah, that's what, his game. Exactly. That's a strong When suit. he feels a little heat in the pocket, mm-hmm. is he going to bail? And right there from Ryan Day, that lets you know that he's comfortable right now with being in the pocket. Does the throwing have to improve? No doubt about it. I think that's well, uh, throwing can all, a that weakness. could always improve. He's a young player. He's Absolutely. got a long way to go. That's not the big thing for me. But to hear from Ryan Day that he's confident in his poise is big right now. Yeah, I think the the most important thing that I took away from what Ryan Day had to say about Tate Martell was ball security. And a few yeah. times when you're watching Tate play, you know that he can be that guy who breaks down a defense and can cut it up, you know, 75 yards through any defense at any point in time. And I did notice it on Saturday when he's running around, when he's scrambling. He does the old Mike Vick, Matty. Yes. You know, he's he's got the ball in one hand yep. and he is swinging it all over the place. And that is something that I'm going to be extremely fascinated to watch if Tate Martell gets thrust into this offense because you had that offense last year with JT Barrett and yep. you know the ball security. He every single time that JT had it, he starts to tuck when he's getting ready to get hit. You know he it. covers it up. You know it. And what I didn't see out of Tate Martell was that, you know, right before he's getting ready to get hit, he's still yeah. got the ball on on the side, right. and that has to drive a coach crazy. I know that you're athletic enough, but just tuck the ball. That's it. So that's going to be a huge progression going forward because yeah. you know that Big Papa Urban's sitting at his house of course he is. watching this game, pulling his hair out when he sees Tate Martell <laughs> just with the ball down down at his hip, right. running around Can't like happen. it's a hot potato. You just you need to secure you need to secure that pigskin. And that's going to be huge for Tate Martell to get that into his mind because he is one play away from leading this team. And ball security right. is going to be so big as we get into the Big Ten season, as we get into some of these bigger games. Protection of the football is all that matters. It could be that one turnover that can cost you a game, and that one game could cost you a playoff spot in the college football playoff. Here's Ryan Day talking about the play of the offensive line. Overall, it's been solid. I think you know the move that Mike's made in a short period of time is is he's done a nice job of that. Communication's getting better and better. We're going to go into uh, you know hostile environment now, you know on the road, so the communication's got to be at an all time high. So that'll be a big test for all of us on offense. Is that you know now it's going to be loud and and uh, it's not going to be you know at home where it's nice and quiet. You know we're going to have to go into that environment and go win a game. So. Uh, we're going to be tested. This is where the experience of the offensive yep. line is going to come into big-time big, big time play here on Saturday because of what he was saying. It's going to be rocking in there. Now, it may be a little quiet because Buckeye fans are going to be quiet when Ohio State is on offense, but the veterans on this offensive line, they're not going to be shook by anything. These are guys that have come back, multiple-year returners now, and they're going to be ready to go. It's a massive offensive line. They've been moving people left and right like it's nobody's business in the first two games. This Earth is, movers this is, out there. Exactly. This is definitely a step up in competition this week, but the offensive line, I'm not expecting any type of step back from them this week against TCU, uh, Beamer. So, no, I expect big games from Mike Weber and big games from J.K. Dobbins because I have full-fledged confidence in this offensive line. Yeah, and I do too. I think the big thing, Maddie, I know that you know we kind of have this game circled on the schedule for TCU. The big thing is just the cohesion of that unit. Yes. When, you know, because I, I honestly, I think that Ohio State, not that they're going to roll, but I think this is going to be a comfortable game for the Buckeyes. Uh, but you know, if that doesn't happen, 
and you're looking there and it starts to get close and maybe even TCU takes a lead and you need to go down and you need to score the football. You need to put the the football into the end zone. How is the offensive line going to respond? Because, you know, in that domed environment too, all those sounds, that just reverberates. It creates an even louder environment. The TCU fans, if they jump out to an early lead in this game, you know that 100% they are going to be on top of you. And even more important, two weeks from Saturday, they head out to whiteout conditions in Happy Valley. And that, my friend, is the loudest stadium in the country. You can't even hear yourself think when you go there. So the biggest part for me is the cohesion of the offensive line. If TCU gets out to a lead, if Ohio State has to go down down the football field and score the ball when it matters most, how is Michael Jordan going to respond to that adversity that his offensive line is facing, being able to make checks at the line of scrimmage right. to be able to put your, put your guys in the right situation. So it's going to be huge. I have the utmost confidence in them. Sure. But if things get shaky early, I'm looking forward to see how these how this offensive line unit responds to that. No doubt about it. Last one here on the offense. Here's Ryan Day talking about his great respect for TCU's defense. A veteran group, of guys who have played a lot of football in, in, at a high level. You know, um, These guys are uh, you know, top 20 defense in the country last year. Uh, they play against some, you know, high octane offenses, so they've been up against it. So you know they're battle tested. Their coach is obviously battle tested. One of the, uh, you know, the best coaches uh, in the last 20 years of college football, especially on defense in, in terms of what they've done. Um, you know, in the back end, front end, they're constantly running to the ball fast and play with an edge. So there's a ton of veterans on the team. You heard him say that, and the experience of Gary Patterson leading this team. I don't think this is going to be a team being that makes a ton of mistakes. I just think maybe the talent gap right now may be just a little bit greater as far as what TCU and Ohio State have. So they are not going to shoot themselves in the foot. No. It's just going to be all about can they right. make a big turnover? Is Ohio State going to shoot themselves in the foot with a fumble, interception, something like that? But outside of that, I can't see them – really, really pushing back against this Ohio State offense, especially because of everything I've seen from the first two weeks. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's just there's been nothing that I've seen in the first two weeks that makes me think that Ohio State Ohio State can go into Jerry World and not do it. Right. You know, there's just there has been absolutely no play. There hasn't been a drive, anything to yeah. makes me think that even against a top twenty five defense, that you can't go in there and you can't put up you know, 35, 42, 49 right. on this team. I just think that Ohio State's talent level, exactly what you said, the talent level for Ohio State is through the roof. And TCU's talent level, very good. Yeah. But when you have elite players going up against very good players, all it takes is one snap That's to it. capitalize on a mistake. That's it. All right, got to hit, quit, hit a quick break here. I just want to let you know we're brought to you by my bookie here on the Locked On Podcast. We'll be right back let you hear from Greg Schiano. You are Locked On Buckeyes, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. So we know for sure, Beamer, that the focus of this TCU defense is finding 97 on every single play. I have to imagine Gary Patterson is a very smart coach, so what he's going to do, you're probably going to see a lot of chips, maybe Mm -hmm. running backs coming out of the backfield with some chips, maybe tight ends lined up next to the left tackle, right tackle, wherever Nick Bosa is on that play. They have to find him every single down because if you don't, he will wreck the game. I don't think there's a left tackle game in, record. Yeah, I don't think there's a tackle in college football that can consistently block 
Nick Bosa. You may be able to get him for a snap or two, but at the end of the day, he's going to eat your lunch for sure and take your lunch money. So I love what Nick Bosa's been able to do the first two games. I think this is a game, Beamer, where he solidifies I am the dude in college football and defense. Yeah, and, you know, he is. He is that guy. You know, we talk about Joey Bosa all the time and – how good of an older brother is Joey Bosa, by the way? The fact he's sitting out there and saying Nick's better than I am, he's going to be a better player, like that just adds to the hype around him. And he's like, he's got this aura around Nick Bosa that you just think he's like a created player on Madden, he's like 99 levels, yeah. anything, whatever you want to do. He's going to make a speed rush, he's going to make a swim move, he's going to do a rip, he's yeah. going to bull rush, anything that you think of. Nick Bosa is going to be an absolute havoc wreaker back there. Right. And, you know, Gary Patterson is, he's one of the best play callers in college football. You can't get to the level that Gary Patterson has in the past 15 years that he's been there without being an elite level play caller. So absolutely they have something dialed up for him. But then again, we go back to that whole talk about, well, that whole rest of the defensive line is nasty too. Even if you put three guys on Nick Bosa. Pick your poison, right? You have Chase Young. You've got Robert Landers. You've Draymond. got Sean Cornell. You've got Draymond Jones. Right. Yes. You've got Jonathan Cooper. Like all yeah. these dudes. Right. Who are back there. Just dudes, man. Yeah, absolute dudes. Just dudes. And they're nasty, they're aggressive, I love it. and they know that they're better than you. And here's the other thing. We got to show love to those guys, but we really got to show love to the leader of that group, and that's Larry Johnson. I mean, we heard sure. about the hype coming over from Penn State, and he's, he's paid the real off deal, all that, man. and then some. Here's Greg Schiano and Nick Bosa's impact. He's playing at a high level, very high level. Yeah, he affects. Um, as an offensive coach, you're going to know where he is all the time. But, you know, there's some other guys out there, too. And that's the, that's the beauty of it when it comes to rushing the passer. Um, so what we're seeing is some things in the run game to try to slow him down. When you face a player of Nick's talents, it's not just that play where you got to protect him. What people try to do is slow him down on other plays, on run plays. You know, make him play off this block and that block and just try to distract him. So that... That I'm sure Nick will see more and more of. And Beamer, that's exactly what we were just talking about. They got doing, other guys. They got other dudes, right. and he is letting you know that teams are game planning to do everything they can not to be affected by Nick Bosa. So he's so right. Good they're luck. Gonna, they're gonna, exactly. I mean, they're going to run opposite of him. They're going to do everything. And I have to imagine the big thing when you have elite pass rushers, you get the ball out quick. So I think we're going to see a ton of that on Saturday night. Yeah, bubble screen, slants, something, halfback screens. Exactly. Maybe no doubt about it. Guys who are going to be too aggressive. Uh, we know that the linebacking play absolutely stepped up their game uh, on Saturday against Rutgers. So, you know, the, the one thing that Ohio State has faced adversity in, and this has been, you know, ever since Urban Meyer got here, is that it seems when Ohio, an Ohio State team gets very aggressive with the defensive play calling, whether you go back to when it was Luke Fickle calling the plays, now it's Greg Schiano, there are sometimes a it's a heavy amount of over-pursuit. Yep. So I think on Saturday what you're going to see for TCU, what the game plan is going to be, is a lot of misdirection, a lot of quick hitters, yep. and a lot of screens that maybe guys aren't going to realize what's going to hit them. And maybe they can take one or two of those things and make it a big play. But overall... You know, once you get into halftime, those coaches start making adjustments. That's when it's tough. You know, for the first quarter, right. first quarter and a half or something like that, when you've got them on the ropes, when something is working, but you get that team into halftime and you start making adjustments, you look at every single level that Ohio State has, and it's just nasty. And yeah. so I think that's what TCU is going to try to do. A lot of misdirections, halfback screen, receiver screen. Got to get it out quick. Yeah, you have to because you can't sit back there for five seconds. You don't and even hold the have ball. two and a half seconds no. with these cats coming off the line. Here is uh, the DC Greg Shiano talking about TCU's offense. I believe this in all all of football. It starts with the offense and defensive lines. Their offensive line is you know 
as good as any in the Big Ten. I mean, it is, it is that kind of offensive line. Very, very good. Uh, Skill people, they're fast. It's a very fast football team. So he said Big Ten, but I mean, he, I think he meant Big 12. But either way, he, he likes their offensive line a little bit. Now, we'll take our chances with our guys coming off the D-line against any offensive line in the country. Yeah, but give he, me that matchup. Exactly. He's talking about there's some speed on the outside, so that's going to be big because of everything you just laid out, Be- uh, Beamer, for Damon Arnett, Kendall Sheffield, sure. Okuda, tackle right away because get your nose in there you don't want those quick slants those quick hitches all those curls to be missed tackles going for 80 plus yards you can't have any of that so i think this is going to be a big game from the corners on the outside because they're going to be trying to get the ball out so fast yeah this is going to be a true time you know the first true time this season that the secondary is going to be tested because you could have rolled out the helmets week one and week two and ohio state's going to win no matter what and I don't mean that like as a cocky, brash way. It's right. just the truth that no, the talent level, right. the talent level was so disparaging between Rutgers and Oregon State. Now you get to a talent level with TCU that is very, very good. And if you have, you know, going back, it's the same thing with Ohio State's offense. You could have one broken play, you could have something hit over the top. But since they have those fast speed receivers, it is truly going to be the first time that we see an Ohio State team tested on the road yeah. this weekend. And I am just way looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to this. And look, they've got a mobile quarterback in Sean Robinson, so that's something that I think I'm going to keep my eye on how the linebacker play. A little play. Baron Browning spy, I maybe? I was thinking so. I think Billy Davis is going to have to call up a spy here because Sean Robinson's a guy that can move around a little bit. He's got 328 yards passing right now, four TDs and one interception. But I think the dual threat aspect of this is what's going to make him dangerous. Here's Greg Schiano talking about facing a running quarterback. Big challenge. Um, number one, it changes all the math. When the quarterback carries the ball and can do it well, then you know the defensive math changes. And really, what doing you know playing good defense is getting people to the point of attack and then making the tackle. So when the quarterback runs it, you need to get another guy to the point of attack. And uh, obviously, he doesn't run it all the time. He reads it, so it's like option football. So it changes. And then on the passing downs, uh, if he has the ability to scramble, uh, you have to account for that. Beamer, he's got 45 yards rushing in the first game. He's got 67 in the second game. Only two attempts in the first game, but that game got out of hand against Southern. It was 55-7 last week against SMU. They beat him 42-12. to A little bit more of an attack for him with his leg. Eight attempts for 67, eight a pop. So something they have to keep their eye on, and we talk about tackling in space for the corners. These linebackers, when Robinson creeps through that line or gets to the outside, get him down because he can't do damage. I'm wondering if Ohio State's practice this week is going to feature Tate Martell as a point. scout team a offensive point. player. Phenomenal. Because you know that, you know, this is a running quarterback first. You know that Tate has the legs and anything you can do to try and simulate that in practice to what you're going to see on Saturday at eight o'clock when that game gets kicked off. Anything you can do to try and replicate that. Yeah. Because Tate Martell's got any as good as wheels as anyone in the country. Sure. So if you throw that, you know, yellow jersey on him, you throw that scout team a quarterback jersey on Tate Martell to try and really replicate what you're going to see on Saturday night, I think that you're in a good position. And also all you have to do is still and just install an Ohio State offensive game plan there because you know their offenses are very similar. You know that RPO, that option, that option play that they run. And I would be so fascinated to see if we get to, you know, if if we get to Monday or if we get to earlier in the week and we start hearing stories about Tate Martell playing scout team, because I think that's the best way to replicate what you're going to see on Saturday. I agree. And we heard this, I believe, before the Fiesta Bowl. 
um, when they took on Notre Dame. This is kind of when you heard a little buzz about Dwayne Haskins sure. and what he could be at the time. So all that stuff is very valuable. All right, we got to hit quit hit a quick break. Want to let you know we're brought to you by my bookie. When we come back, Beam and I will look at the schedule because this is was the big game of the offseason. But looking forward now, what other games do we think are going to have a big impact on what the Buckeyes can do? This is Locked On Buckeyes, your team every day. All right, Beam, we've got a couple more minutes here. So we finally reached week three, okay? This was the big one all offseason. You got Ryan Day versus Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson is one of the best coaches we've seen in the last, what, 10 to 15 years in the sport? He's just so constant. He's like a – they have the best program in Texas. All right, you look at Texas oh, yeah. and how that's the job. Tom Herman goes over there. Houston has been okay. Texas A&M, I know Johnny Manziel, they did fine with Kevin Sumlin. Baylor had their time in the sun with RG3. They're a mess. But if, oh, they're a total mess. Right. But if you look at the constant Texas institution for football over the past decade, it has been TCU. No doubt, no doubt about no it. Doubt Gary about Patterson it. is fantastic. So I'm looking at the schedule now, Beam. So after TCU, they get Tulane at home. Then you mentioned the big whiteout at Penn State. So, oh, boy. That's huge, It's man. hard for me to look past that game because after Penn State, Can't Miami, do it. you get Indiana, you get Minnesota, you get Purdue, and Nebraska. So those following four games wow, after Penn like State. Those seem like four noon games right there. I hope so. I really man, hope that would be so. nice. But for me, I can't look past the whiteout. I can't because, look, Penn State, they look dead at home in week one against App State. Week two against their rival at Heinz Field, they blew the doors off of Pat Narduzzi and Pitt. So I think they kind of found who they were. They've got a veteran quarterback. Nasty weather, too. Nasty Pitt. weather. It was really disgusting. And they put up a ton of points, Beamer. Saunders looks like the real deal at running back. He had to wait his time behind mm-hmm. Saquon, and rightfully so. Yeah. But this Penn State game, I think I'd be a fool to look past it right now and look at maybe Michigan State or Michigan at the end of the year. Right now, it's got to be the whiteout, what's going down up at uh, Penn State for sure here in a couple weeks. Yeah, and it's just Penn State has been this team, you know, when you go back 10, 15 years and you look at the schedule, that wasn't a team that Ohio State always played. And you go back 8 to 10 years and Ohio State had dominated them. And up until... You know, three, four years ago, right. did that sucker really just start to get ramped yeah. up? When you go back two years ago and you looked, uh, you know, at at Penn State hitting a hitting the walk off field goal. Yep. All right, you go back and you look at that. Uh, Urban could have called a timeout. He could have gotten his kicker set. They block the field goal. They take it back to the house. That's all. That's wrote. a wrap there. Yep. Your national championship hopes are dashed. They're over. Don't. You go back to last year. Look at what Penn State was in the horseshoe. <laughs> all right, they were the three and a half quarters. They were the most dominant team right. in America. Then you had JT Barrett Heisman train starting back up. Thirteen completions in a row. Unbelievable. Right? It's, the, it's the biggest legacy moment of JT Barrett's career here at I Ohio agree. State. And so if you aren't ready. To get going yeah. for Ohio State, Penn State, that's the best Big Ten matchup you got I agree. right there. I, I mean, agree. Penn State is fantastic. Trace McSorley has been very good. Yep. I know that they lost Deshaun Hamilton. I know that they lost Mike Gusecki and, of course, Saquon Barkley. But it's, you still got number nine back there who's quarterback in your team. Can make things go. He can make things happen. So I think that, for me, obviously when you look at Michigan State and Michigan, those are your two big boys towards the end of sure. the year. Uh, Michigan State coming off that loss against Arizona State to Herm Edwards. My guy, a big fan of Herm Edwards. Leave it all on the grass, man. Leave it on the grass. Leave it on the grass, man. But uh, (laughs) you know, there's you can't look past Penn State. Obviously, get through this week, right? And then you've got that home game against Tulane. Urban's first game back. Sure. You go in whiteout conditions into Happy Valley, week number five. That'll be your big boy that week. Urban's going to try to put a hundred on Tulane. By the way, you know he is. Oh yeah. Real quick though, before we get out of here. 
Hello? Yeah, I gotta show her some love. All right, that's it for today. Tuesday show on the 11th. We'll be back tomorrow, inching closer and closer to the big one against TCU. Brandon B. Matt Hayes from 97 won the fan. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast.